online. Happy fourth anniversary. Can we just give a round of applause for everyone working so hard? Thank you so much. To the worship team, tech team, guest services, kids ministry, those who are here at six in the morning setting up every single week, we could not be who we are and do what we do without you. It's amazing to think that we've made it four years. It's done. It's done. We're here. We, we are out of the toddler years as a church. We are a preschool church now, and so uh, we're going to go ahead and pass out crayons, and we're going to learn about our letters and manners. Some of you actually could benefit from that, but anyway... We are going to celebrate. It's amazing to think what God has done over the last four years. You know, from the beginning, our vision from the beginning till now has stayed the same. And that is that we exist to help every man, woman, and child experience Jesus. A vision is really a living picture of a preferred future. In other words, it's, it's why we do what we do and it's, and it's where we're going as a church. And what we've believed from the very beginning is that Jesus changes everything. That if you have an experience with the creator and savior of the world, that you live differently. That your relationships, your money, your habits, your work ethic changes when you encounter a risen savior who loves you. And that our world doesn't need another program, it doesn't need another club socially or whatever you want to have it but really what we need is the power of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit working in and through his people to bring about life change in our community and beyond and so as a church we started out really with the idea that too many churches are known by what they're against and so from the very beginning we want to be known by what and who we're for and that we said, and we say almost every single week, that we believe that God is for you, which means we are for you, and together we can continue to be for the community. So today, on our fourth anniversary, we are going to take a look back and celebrate all that God has done in four years, and then we're going to end the service, and I'm super excited for this, to share with you where we're going and the future for our church, our family, and this community. And so I hope you're ready to clap. I know we tend to not respond a lot in services. I myself it can be reserved, but it's okay to clap and, and respond. Not heckle, okay, prefer not to heckle. We're out of the comedy club. That's where we met for a season. But encourage, okay? So I hope you're ready to clap and share and celebrate with us as we talk about that. So our vision there to help every man, woman, and child experience Jesus, that concept, experience Jesus, really changes everything. And so while a vision paints the picture of where we're going as a church, our mission is how we get there. What are we doing as an organization on a daily and a weekly basis to help us get to where we want to go and, and become who we want to be? And so our mission at the church, which has been the same from day one, is that we will accomplish our vision through planting the gospel, growing in community, and multiplying through service. Plant, grow, multiply. It's not only what we do on a regular basis, it fits the imagery of the tree and of the grove, because no single tree makes a grove, but a grove can start from just one tree. And so we want to be a church that plants churches that plants churches, and that we make a transformational difference for God's kingdom here on earth and then beyond. And so really this idea of plant, grow, multiply works its way out in a practical way in this, that on Sunday mornings, everything we do is centered around planting the gospel in your life. 
And so from the setup team to the greeting to the singing to the word that is preached, the heartbeat behind that is to elevate the word of God and the power of God and to really help you plant the gospel and plant those seeds that will be foundational in your life. And then throughout the week, we encourage you to find friends and get connected in what we call growth groups. Because we believe that to grow spiritually, we need to connect relationally. And if you've been following along with our series, Crazy Love, last week we took a look at the 59 one another's in Scripture about how you need other people and other people need you. That we are not created to walk through life alone and that we need one another to spur one another on and to grow in our faith. And so you plant the gospel, you grow in community, and then we understand that we multiply through service, meaning that your purpose, your calling in life is not meant just to be kept a secret and not meant to just be quote-unquote personal, that we then turn around and bless and serve our community in the way that God and Jesus has served and blessed us. And so you can do that whether it's serving here in the church in the various ministries that we are so grateful for from all levels, or you can also join one of our For the Community initiatives and then we even expanded that and launched missions this last year as well. And so it's just so cool to sit here four years later and see really how God has continued to work. I think back to our grand opening Sunday, October 7th, 2018. And there we had flooding on that day that closed Tatum, uh, Cave Creek, and Pinnacle Peak Road. And so if you could, if you could find us there. Uh, my, my oldest son was about half that size as he is now, I think, in there. So he's grown a little bit in the last four years. And uh, we said if you had a boat or a really large truck, you could come to church that morning. And so what seemed as a challenge to get here, I mean, it washed away all our signs and everything. Uh, what it also did was it closed all the other activities that day that were outdoors. And so we actually got some new people in that day. And so we launched and we were off. And then 18 months into it, a little thing known as a global pandemic uh, came into play and threw a major curveball across the world here for us, and it was very challenging. And so we went um, online. We launched an online ministry. Now, we, don't, we didn't have any assets or, or meeting spaces. I mean, my daughter's bedroom is also working as my office, and so if you've had a Zoom call with me, no, those are not my princess drawings in the background. That is Chloe's. Well, most of them, one of them. Anyway, um, and so, um, and so we, we just got creative. And so we launched an online ministry and we recorded the sermons in coffee shops after hours in, uh, in the desert, in, up in Flagstaff, in the woods, in my house, in the backyard. And we moved around. Uh, Andrew, our worship director, had went home for spring break at the time, wasn't even able to come back uh, because of the pandemic. And so we recorded songs on our iPhone. Um, from three different states. They would then send the music and videos uh, to him, and there from Iowa, he would then mix the songs um, and put in the lyrics, send it back, and then we combine it with the sermon, and then we would ship it out every week. And we did that for seven months. And we also uh, really found creative ways to serve. So it was during that time that we connected with the ministry, and we were able to pay off the medical debt for 700 families in our community. Can I get an amen on that one? So even when we weren't meeting in person, we were making a difference, and it was so cool to see that. And then when God opened the door to meet, the place he opened was a comedy club. And so we ran church out of a bar, and that became fun because, <laughs> you know, we kept the two-drink minimum, which was nice. 
Uh, communion was a lot of fun, and, uh, and so that was good. No, uh, I would have conversations with people, and I would invite them to church, and, and maybe you've heard this before, and people would say to me, oh, if I walked into your church, the walls would burn down. I was like, ah, we meet in a bar. You'll be fine. <laughs> and uh, he's like, what? what? Okay, see you there. And, um, and so it became a fun time for outreach, and so we did that for almost a year, and, and to my surprise, a children's ministry was a little bit difficult in a bar. And so when the schools opened back up to us, we were able to move back here last fall. And then we went in that. So while most churches were going back, I have to understand that during this pandemic and everything changed, uh, the average church was running about 20, 30% and then maybe 50%. But for whatever reason, and through the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of our people, that we actually started to grow and we actually got up to back to 100% of engagement and attendance, and we went from one to two services, and then and then launched back here in the school, and upgraded some things, and started reaching more and more people. Because really what this is about is life change, and we see that life change through salvations and baptisms. And we see that, and we see these incredible stories of people who are going public with their faith, and declaring their belief in Jesus, and seeing the change of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And then we'd go and we would continue to serve the community, whether it's with the homeless downtown or buying Christmas presents for a family through Hope Kids who's got a child facing cancer, to buying the technology for a foster care transition group home, to serving in these community festivals and events, or starting a parent-child breakfast program in two different schools, the last one of which we had 150 people attend. And so we see these different impacts going all around the world to where even last year at this time, we announced that we were going to start another church. And so we've, we brought in our first church plant resident, uh, Craig Klauka, who then uh, trained with us for a couple months and now is in the process of trying to launch Grafted Church uh, there at Sandra Day O'Connor High School. And so he's, trying to, he's building his launch team right now and in the process and in that daily grind that we were in only four years ago. And so we've been trying to make a difference each and every year. And then last year at... I just think about in these last 12 months how God has moved. I think about Christmas Eve, really here in this school, where we were like, okay, it's still kind of fresh out of the pandemic. Are people going to come? Uh, are they going to respond? Those type of things. And we saw 18 people pray to receive Christ last Christmas Eve service. Isn't that incredible? And then we spent all of January praying, fasting, going through, saying, okay, God, what, what do you want us to do as a church? And God placed it on my heart, this one word that became a theme for our church this year. And that word, and you can go back and look up the message, it was delivered on January 30th there on our Vision Sunday from that, from that year, for this year, and that word is more. And not more as the world thinks of more, but more in a God sense of more. More like Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3, which says that to the God who can do immeasurably more than anything you can ask, think, or imagine, to him be the glory in his church and for all generations to come. And so we prayed for that. We prayed specifically for more God, more love, and more disciples. And let me tell you, church, if you picture throwing a rock into a pond or into a lake, the ripples that prayer has had this year in 2022 is continuing to just blow my mind. <laughs> and we've seen God work in amazing ways. And, and I'm about to share with you, I'm not exaggerating here when I say this 
could be and is the single most important day in our church's history right now. That this moment can launch a movement that could change legacies and generations in this community forever. But before I share that, let's think about how God has moved already this year. We talk about baptisms and salvations. I think specifically of Tenley, who got baptized, and she came forward in her faith, and we were celebrating, we all clapped and cheered, and we started to walk to our cars when a high school now senior named Colin approached Pastor Clark afterwards and said, hey, I'm ready to get baptized. And he said, great, let's talk about when, when do we want to do He's like, no, like right now. Wait, what? Like right now. And so we're like, wait, everybody come back. Everybody come back. Like literally the people were in their cars. We're like, stop, come back. We got another one. And so then while Colin was getting baptized, we had a first-time guest, his name was Dustin, who was there in polo and khakis. And while, he was, while these people were getting baptized, we had another out-of-state first-time guest explaining to him what baptism meant and leading him to there in the moment to where when Colin got out of the water, he stepped up. First time at church, he said, I'm ready to get baptized. And we're like, what is going on? <laughs> and then we took the water. We just started spraying people and going. <laughs> okay. It doesn't seem theologically accurate. But anyway, um, okay, so we didn't do the last part. But um, we saw God move in incredible ways. Then at Easter, we saw our single largest gathering at the time where we had 315 people worship with us here in the school, as well as another 200 engage online with our Easter at home experience. So combined, we had over 500 people worship with Mission Grove Church this Easter, amen? And so we see all these incredible things. You know, we built a home in Mexico. We took a mission trip down. We were in, engaged with that. We saw, we saw all these community initiatives. And then this summer, we said, you know what? This blessing, this life change is not just meant for here that really we wanna impact the world. And so then we shared uh, our partnership with a global missions agency called the Timothy Initiative, who the, the vision and heartbeat behind the Timothy Initiative is to make disciples who make disciples. And so they train natives and locals to start multiplying house churches. And we shared that we are on the front end of this movement here in Arizona, where Arizona and Valley churches are combining and working together to try to plant 4,000 churches over the next four years in a project called the Achieve Project, which stands for a church in every village everywhere. And so this summer, we laid out the challenge, and we said, okay, whatever God has placed on your heart, I want you to give to that. And I didn't even set a number. And I said, I, let's, let's plant some churches, and that we want to plant churches in northern India and Nepal. And then you guys stepped up and stepped out in faith in amazing ways. And if I can get a little drum roll, please, drum roll, please. Today, right now, our church has given, you guys have given over $100,000 to plant 320 churches in India and Nepal. That's crazy. I didn't say it publicly, but I was like, man, that'd be great to plant 10. And then this theme of more. And like, we're planting 320 churches. And that actually next month, uh, me and some of our leaders here are going to a global partnership weekend. And we're going to actually get to meet um, the leaders who are on the ground planting these churches and having discussions. And we're going to do some interviews with them so you can hear these stories of what's going on. And so you've been faithful and God has moved and it's incredible. And so today, I want to take a step back for a moment and I want to ask a simple but yet profound question that if you can answer it correctly, it can change everything for you. 
And that question is this, what motivates you? What motivates you? Motivation can be defined as the reason or reasons for why you act a certain way. So understanding why you do things and what your motive is impacts the actions that you do, the words that you say, the thoughts that you think. It impacts your endurance and perseverance. And it impacts really every area of your life. And so what I want to do today is that we've just shared and celebrated all that God has done, but I want to take a peek behind the curtain and share with you the motivation behind everything that I do and everything that our staff does and everything that our church does, that this is why we do what we do. And our motivation is this. If you're, if you're, having, um, if you're taking notes, write this down. For Christ's love compels us. For Christ's love compels us. Some people are motivated by power, some by greed, some by fame, some for the family, some for production. Some people respond to a tragedy in their youth. Some people emulate someone that they look up to. But I want to tell you that what we do here as a church is motivated by love. It's why we paid the debt for 700 families. It's why we're planting churches in India. It's why people that you might not even know are here at six in the morning in a place that the air conditioning sometimes works and it seems to not work in the summer, <laughs> right? And goes in and they're setting things up and, and praying for and, and working with kids and handing out water bottles and, and holding up signs and putting up A-frames and all these things. It is the motive behind everything. And these words are not just my words. These come directly from the word of God. And so if you have your Bible, open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and I want to show you the motivation for our church. Now, as you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to give you a little bit of context. And, and really, 2 Corinthians is written by Apostle Paul, who was persecuting Christians, gets saved, and then becomes a preacher and a church planter. And he's writing to this church in Corinth. And Corinth is this really pagan city. And so it's do what you want, believe what you want. It, a modern equivalent might be seen as Las Vegas, if you will. Uh, a sexual act uh, in those days were seen as to, was named to Corinthicize. And so like if your city is named or equated with an immoral sexual act, you can understand or get a picture of the craziness going on there. Now, in the midst of this, there was a faithful remnant of, uh, remnant of believers who were investing and bringing life change into the city. And so Paul writes this letter around 55 or 56 AD, and he writes it to address and discipline what's wrong, to encourage and affirm what's right, and then offer some encouragement and perseverance because they were getting persecuted for their belief. And so he writes this letter, and then it, we're going to pick it up in chapter 5, but understand this, that the chapter previous, he writes these words in chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. He says, do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Our momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but, is, uh, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Such a great phrase, isn't it? What is seen is temporary, what is unseen is eternal. And then in the beginning of chapter 5, the first five verses, he gives this illustration. He compares our bodies and, uh, and this life to living in a tent. Any campers out there? Anyone love camping? 
Yeah, that's how most people are. Okay, that didn't put their hands up. I'm with you. Okay, but even if you love camping, here's the deal. If your door has a zipper, that is a temporary structure, okay? That is a temporary structure. If your door has a zipper, okay, it's not very stable. Like, that's not meant to be your forever home, okay? Here's what Paul's saying is that your life is brief. Your life is temporary. It is short. Your life has a zipper. Your life, as James writes in another writer, is a mist, And so with the brevity of life, don't focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. And then he even goes further, and then in verse 7, it's one of the most commonly quoted verses that never has a reference attached to it. And he says, therefore, we walk by faith, not by sight. And that's verse 7. And then verse 11, he says, behold, one day all of us will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. So he's got this lens in the background, right? So this, this idea of eternity is in the background, it's in the foreground, it's in the campground, it is everywhere, it's in the coffee grounds, everywhere is about the eternal life that is found in Jesus, and that sets us up for these words, verse 13. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. This is the basis for crazy love. If we are out of our mind... In other words, if we seem crazy, it is for God. But then notice what he says there. He, he qualifies it after. He says, but if we are in our right mind, it is for you. I love that because it's like on one hand he's saying, be crazy. But like, don't be weird though, you know? Like if you've met a, a, someone's a little too Christian, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about, right? Like he's saying like, if we're crazy, it's for God. And if we seem somewhat normal, it's actually for you. He's saying everything we do is for God. And then it says in verse 14, For here's the key verse, for Christ's love compels us. Not rules, not religion, not fame, not power. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all. That those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. If you believe that your life is a tent, that life here is a temporary, then our goal here is out of the love of Christ and because of the love of Christ, we can live in a way that shows and shares the love of Christ with the world around us. We are compelled not by guilt, but by love. It stands behind everything that we do. Jesus himself said this in the room with the disciples after washing their feet a job reserved for the lowest of servants, and then moments before he would go to the cross to die for them, he said these words, a new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I love this phrase here because then in the next verse, verse 35, he says, by this, everyone will know that you're my disciples. This is the distinguishing mark of the church. It's love. That if you are my disciples, you will love one another. Now, love is our motive. And for Christ's love compels us. But see, that word compels implies action. So compels us to do what? Well, it's after months and months of prayer and discussions with our elders, with our staff, with leaders, 
with mentors, with coaches, I'm excited to introduce to you today our vision for the next 24 months known as the Crazy Love Project. The Crazy Love Project. See, our community has a need. Do you know that last year in 2021, Phoenix was the single fastest growing city in the entire country? That if you take our church where we're meeting right now, and you think of like the Brady Bunch boxes or a tic-tac-toe, and you just circle around, now the, the zip codes and things are kind of funky shaped. So really, there's about 14 zip codes that encircle us, and we're, we're pulling people from all 14 zip codes. If you take the population of those 14 zip codes and add them together right now, it equals over 450,000 people. There are 450,000 people within just a few minutes of our church. And see, we see that it is growing every single day. If you take any road, we're seeing the traffic patterns like crazy. And if you've been annoyed by traffic, it's because there's so many people coming in. That if you take Cave Creek Road, for example, every single day, 26,000 cars are passing. And that's even on the northern part of Cave Creek Road. That's not even by the 101. So we're seeing people coming to Phoenix in droves. But at the same time, we're seeing the spiritual engagement decrease. In fact, George Barna, who does uh, research around the country and, and specifies on church and uh, religious research, uh, a few years ago posted that Phoenix ranked ninth on one of the unmost church cities in America. Doesn't seem crazy to you? Because we got some big churches in the area, right? So you're like, really, ninth of most unchurched cities? Well, if you just do the math, the amount of increase of people coming to our state, and then you, you, as well as the number of churches and spiritual engagement, church is not keeping up. But see, this isn't just a numbers thing. This is personal. Think about the neighbor or coworker or friend whose marriage is falling apart. Think about the single parent who is just craving to have an hour to connect with God and adults while their little one is loved on. Or the family who's got a teen facing temptations of the 21st century and they're not sure where to turn. Think about the struggles that people go through, whether it's health, financial, relational. Think about the storms of life that have been coming our way in a deeply divided world where people are searching, people are struggling, people are longing. See, it's in this community, it's, it's with our coworkers and our friends and our family members that we can speak life and hope and love to them. So the need is great, but then our opportunity is great. Because we have the opportunity to share and show the love of Christ to our community and beyond. That we have the opportunity to show people that even in the midst of this busy world, when it's easy to feel overwhelmed and alone, we're building community around the message of Jesus to help people find the peace and purpose they've been searching for all along. That's why it's our opportunity that in the Crazy Love Project over the next coming weeks and months, we're gonna be launching an application here too to try it, or we're figuring out the details of where people can post needs online and then other people in the church can meet them so we can practically live out this whole concept of loving one another. That's why in the coming weeks and months, we're going to be launching a new discipleship curriculum, not based in a classroom, but based mobily so that we can not just say, hey, go to this class, but instead we can equip and empower you to disciple people where you are, in the workplace, in the families, in your community, in the cul-de-sac. 
and that we can actually be a church that makes and multiplies disciples. And let me share with you also what God is doing right now. You see, by my count, in four years, our church has met in really eight different locations. We launched in a living room, then we went to a classroom, then we came into a cafeteria, and we had like no supplies, like a broken projector stacked on textbooks and like a hand-me-down, hand-me-down sound system that sometimes worked. Um, uh, and we launched a kids' ministry with nothing, so we just kind of put kids into a room. <laughs> that was smart, um, maybe not, but... Um, and then we were building momentum, and it was great. And then the school said, oh, by the way, we're remodeling, so you guys are out. And so then we were back in homes, and we were trying to get creative. And then the schools opened back up, and this time we came back in with some supplies, and we grand opened. And then 18 months into it, global pandemic, and, and we had to go online. And then things opened up, and we went into the comedy club. And then we came back here on the, into the school. And so in four years... We've had eight different meeting spaces, but God has been with us every step of the way, and today is the biggest day in the history of our church, because I want to introduce to you publicly for the first time, location number nine. Church, we are officially getting a building and a home. Let's go. Let me tell you a little bit of how God opened this up. At the end of last year, beginning of this year, at one of our lowest attended days, like no joke, we started the service with two people in the room. I think I literally looked at Bob and Rose Fankhauser and said, hey, Bob, Rose, stand up, let's sing. And I was like, I went home like, God, are you working? Are you doing? Like, what's going on? It's been like three, four years at this point, and this is what's going on. And that same week, I got an email from someone who said, hey, God placed your church and your ministry on my heart. We believe in what you're doing, and I want to help you get into a space. And so he gave a generous donation that allowed us to start searching. And so we were searching for a location, and there was one spot that opened up, and the spot was here, and it's actually just a little bit north of us, so it's still, it's just a couple minutes from us. It's still within our target audience here, just north of the 101, and just south, so it, right off a of main road. It's at the corner of Cave Creek and Lone Mountain. It is a former preschool building, just fitting, because we're now a preschool church. And, uh, and so it is 11,444 square feet. And it's got a playground, it's got plenty of parking, it's got classrooms, and, and God opened the door. And here's the thing, a challenge for most places of nonprofits like ours is we have nothing as collateral to secure the lease. But because we received this gift, this gift allowed us to not only secure the lease, but then put it in an account that it will use to help pay a large percentage of the rent for the next seven years. Amen. <laughs> And so we signed the lease about two and a half weeks ago. I don't even have keys yet. It's that fresh, okay? And we were going through, and we were praying, and we were processing. And so here's the opportunity for us is that while that gift secured the lease to get us in the building, we can't touch that money towards the remodel. And so it, it is going to require a significant remodel to get into the space, unless you feel comfortable with all the tiny toilets and the individual bathrooms <laughs> and the tiny chairs. So, no, so what we're going to do is use the framework, so the building itself, and then we're going to completely remodel the inside. And so I want to share with you a little bit of the plan with that. And so the plan, you can see the architecture plan. Within this space, we're going to be able to put in an auditorium that seats 250 to 300 
people, as well as offer seven classrooms for kids' ministry, student ministry, adult ministry. It's going to have a generous lobby space, a cafe area, a playground for kids. We're going to be able to offer 24-7 access and ministry, so ministry happening every single day of the week. we got men's Bible studies, women's Bible studies. We're going to be able to fully launch a student program that meets weeklies. We're going to be able to offer a kids' program that meets in the summer. We're going to be able to offer so many things and counseling. We're going to have workspace for our team. We're going to, um, you know, it's just going to be incredible. And all of this here is God has opened the door for us. And you can actually see a drawing. We have a concept drawing, so you can kind of get an image of what it might look like once we get in. And so all within just a couple minutes north of us here, in the one building that was the size, in the one place that would rent to churches, that happened to be at the lowest rent price in a crazy market, that then worked with us, then they're even giving us money to go towards the remodel, that God provided the funding for to get into the space that now we can move to. And so here's the opportunity and the challenge, is that while the lease is secured and we have some funding to help us with rent, we, the remodel has to be all on us or here with it and all within our church community and going through that. And so what we are, are going to attempt to do, so the timeline, let me share the timeline here with us with you is that uh, fundraising now, getting the permitting, because that takes a little bit of time, doing the demo, going through that. So we're not, we're not moving tomorrow, okay? It's not like next Sunday meet there. We're going to be here for the little, a little while, okay? And so that's going to happen this fall. The remodel will hopefully happen this winter, and then sometime in the end of, uh, towards the end of spring of 2023, we will grand open in our new permanent home. Amen? Can we give a round of applause for that? And so to help cover the cost, what we've done is that we, we have set two numbers. So two numbers here. Um, the first number is what we call our victory goal. And the victory goal, we believe, will help us get into the building. And so that victory goal number is 600000 spread out over the next 24 months. So that's over the next two years, hoping to raise 600000 to help cover these remodel costs to get into the building and pay the remainder of the rent, that type of thing, and the costs associated with the move. And now from the beginning, we've always been a tithing church, meaning that we give away 10% that what comes in to local and global causes. And so we're not going to change that. That sounds crazy when we could use the money to build the facility, but we think you can't outgive God. And so whatever comes in, we're going to give away 10% to ministries like the Timothy Initiative, that this miracle is not just for us, it's for the world. And it's for God and planting churches around the world. And so 10%, so if we raise 600,000, we think that'll get us into the building as well as we will then give away 60,000 to missions, both local and global. But we understand that costs are going up, challenges are faced, there's a lot of unfortunate things we don't know yet, and that's why we're also setting what's called our miracle goal of 750,000. So 750,000, we believe, can get us into the space as well as remodel to become more effective and multiply ministry more effectively it's kind of if you picture like moving into a house, you want to get in the house first, and then you might have some projects to work on. If we can hit our miracle goal, that will allow us to do more and do more ministry. And so that's kind of the numbers that we are having here. And so let me share with you also then how you can participate. Because God has already opened up so many doors, and it's been incredible. But what we're going to do today is that on your way out the door, we have booklets for everyone that is launching today our Crazy Love Project. So it's got all the details, as well as there's a website you can go and visit at missiongrovechurch.com crazylove. There's also a QR code on the screen, 
or you can, there's a button on, the, on our digital bulletin as well. And so everyone's going to be getting a booklet. Everyone can uh, visit the website that is now live. And that what we are asking people to do is to prayerfully commit financially to give an above and beyond tithe for the next two years, the next 24 months, to help us specifically to get into our first official space with 24-7 access to more effectively reach people with the gospel and share and show the love of Christ with this community and beyond. And so I, I understand the pushback. I've been about a part of churches before, and I understand when, when people hear building project, that some might say, oh, here we go again. The church just wants my money. And, and I want to tell you, like, I get it. I know there's been some bad things in the past or bad experiences, and so I don't want to make light of that. But I also want to encourage you that I, I actually don't want anything from you. Like, here's the deal. Like, whether you give or don't give, everyone got cake today. You know what I'm saying? Like, like everyone's welcome to come. Like, we are a place that we want everybody to come, whether they give or not. We want everyone to come. But here's the truth. And while I don't want anything from you, what I do want is I want something for you. And this church, this project is for you. It's for your family, for the kids, for teens, for the lost, for your neighbor, for your coworker. I want something for God to spread and show his love. I want something for this community to plant our flag in and say, we are for you. And so I want you to know that whether you give or not, everyone is welcome here. But if you call this church home, I want to challenge you and I want to invite you to join the generosity. I want to invite you to join this generosity and to join this project. And so everyone's going to also receive this pledge card. That between now and October 30th, we ask that you would commit. Now, if you want to give today, great, we'll do it, right? Commit today. But again, we're not compelled by guilt, we're compelled by love. And so if you want to go home, pray about it, talk about it with your spouse, look at the numbers and things for you, whatever you need to do, I want you to do that. All I ask is that whatever God places on your heart, that you would come back and that you would do what God told you to do. And then we see how God shows off when we show up. Now, the reason we're saying the pledge by October 30th is that we do have to make some construction decisions based on the pledge. So we'll take pledges all for the next two years. So if you're not ready, like, do it on your timing. But we do have to make decisions in November. And so that's why this helps to know by the end of the month. And here's what I know to be true, is that God is so big and God is so great and I truly believe that this Crazy Love Project will be successful and I believe this for two reasons. Number one, I believe because God has been so faithful these last four years and all the ups and downs, God has been with us every step of the way and I truly believe that the best is yet to come. And the second reason I believe this will be successful is because I've had a front row seat to the faithfulness of God's people. You know, this, this decision wasn't made lightly with elders, with staff, with leaders, with mentors. We've been praying over this for months. And then I went even crazier. And just like a week or so ago, I went to some of you, I went to some of our leaders and I saying, guys, this is crazy. But I wanna show the world, I wanna show our community that we are in this together. 
and said, I want to challenge you to do something crazy. I want you to make your pledge before we even go public. <laughs> so last week, we were collecting pledges from some of our leaders, and this is the stack of cards that I hold for you right now. And I have just been completely humbled and blown away by your faithfulness. Many of you in this room right here. Because today is day one, and we're starting. And our victory goal is 600,000. And just from the cards that I'm holding here right now, day one, out of the gate, I want to share with you that already pledged is $345,630. We are over halfway there, and it's day one. Isn't that crazy? And out of that, already $38,000 have been given in cash right now to go towards this project. And so we are, this is crazy. It's day one. It's not supposed to happen like that. But you stepped up. You stepped out. God has showed up and is showing off time and time again. And so I am asking you right now, will you partner with me? It is your turn. Let us go. We are not just playing defense as a church. We are going on offense and we are reaching people in this community and beyond with the gospel. And God is doing so much more than anything we can ask think or imagine and I'm inviting you into that journey with me and with these leaders who have already committed so will you do me a favor and will you stand and will you pray with me dear heavenly father we just thank you <laughs> I am so blown away I'm blown away by our leaders who have already stepped up and stepped out in faith and already pledged that we already have pledges of $345,000 but God, we know that we're going to need more. We know that there's going to be more. But we know that you are the provider. That you are in control of everything. And so we submit our plans. We submit these details. We submit our lives to you. And we are compelled purely by your love. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. We commit this crazy love project to you not for ourselves, but for your kingdom, not for our will, but your will be done. And we ask that you would provide and that we would respond and that we would join your, your ministry, your plans and your generosity to impact this community and this world with the gospel. We love you. In your son's name we pray, amen.